So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags to riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. All right, everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. This is your host, Corey Peterson. I've got a great interview today. We just had Brian Ponciano, BP, on a couple weeks ago. And so I asked him to come back because I really wanted him to tell his full story because the guy's got an amazing heart and he's got an amazing story. And he just closed a pretty good size apartment complex deal. He's excited about it, and I just really want to share the message because this is a guy who really started from the bottom, and he had a huge drive and a huge why. And, you know, he had what I feel like is a self, he had some self-doubts in the beginning, like we all do. And, and so, t- you know, it takes a little time and a little courage and a whole lot of, like, I want to get there attitude and bp just he just exudes that in this in this talk so quick warning 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 bp doesn't give a bleep 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 and so i'm not gonna bleep it out he is who he is and um he speaks from the heart but he's got colorful language but he is an awesome awesome dude so i want to welcome brian ponciano bp get ready Here with my boy BP, better known as Brian Ponciano. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, uh, we got a really cool uh, episode today. We're going to talk about man. Me and Brian, we go way back, like yes. way back. So when I first met you, you were doing bandit signs. In fact, I hired you to do my bandit signs. <laughs> that is correct. And like you've like totally started and just like I'm going to figure some things out. Mm-hmm. And and you've been paying attention and. Dude, you just bought a, like your first apartment complex. Yeah, I'm closing on that on the 3rd of January. I'm closing on my very first apartment complex on the 3rd of January. No money out of my pocket. That's how it's done. Yes. yes the big kahuna way. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, so, yeah, no, as you mentioned, I did start with bandit signs. I had, um, I had started in the industry in 2006, made my first chunk of change right at the end of 2006, 2007. Right towards the end of 2007, really started losing my ass. Because we were doing a lot of the pre-foreclosure stuff, so we were starting to see the market slow down before it started tanking Right uh, on that end. So, yeah, I, by the end, like 2007, I had already lost my ass. 2008, I went back to corporate America. 2009, I said, fuck this. I'm never going to go back America to corporate sucks, America. Right? Oh, it's horrible. Now, yeah. hey, there's a warning right now. I'm going to put a little warning. <laughs> Why did we do this from this, the beginning? <laughs> this is a G, this normally G-rated show. 
Uh, at least that's what I clicked on when I, when I did it in iTunes. Okay. So well, I will I will keep it to a bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, uh, he kind of doesn't give a bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> but um, he's as genuine as genuine and real as real gets. And so, um, and I think honestly, that's what's like missing in like when I call gurus. Yeah. I mean, who the hell's guru, right? But they're all narcissists, man. Yeah. If you really look at a lot of them out there. They're freaking narcissists. It's all about them. Mm-hmm. Check out my Lambo. Uh, you know, check out this. I got this. It is. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, I've noticed from a marketing standpoint, that's how you sell the dream. And, you know. It's one way to sell the dream. Well, of course. But that's how the masses receive the dream. Well, the people that like. Um, well, I, I remember. Like, housewives. and Exactly. Um, well, yeah. I remember growing up because I grew up poor. I grew yeah. up extra poor. You know, we, we grew up in the ghetto. And we looked at our heroes, which were artists and ball players, and yeah, you know, athletes yeah, and stuff. And on TV, yeah, exactly. And then you look at them, and you're like, okay, well, this is what I'm supposed to do when I have money. Yeah. When I have money, I'm supposed to just blow it. I'm supposed to just Boom. show show off, go, you know, be like, hey, look at all my poor friends. You guys are still poor. I'm rich. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Look yeah. at that. So, and and it becomes kind of like this thing that attracts you to it. Yeah. So eventually, I've noticed a lot of that with the uh, with the gurus here. It's not even about the content that they're putting out. It's more about, hey, check out me. You know, don't yeah, you want I, what I have? And don't, don't yeah, I just I want to be a part of it. I was like, let me just pay you to be a part of it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> just to, like, live out your dreams through you. I don't know. So, but let's talk about, like, your your whole story. I want to, like, go back and you, you kind of talked about your past, but I really want to get everybody to, like, a good understanding of who BP is mm-hmm. and, and who BP was and who he is now. Because even, in, I mean, you came to my house, like, Five years. Five ago. years ago, yeah. we had a little talk in my office, mm-hmm. right? And we yeah. and and I remember specifically. You probably remember better, but I was like, "Dude, you got to figure out OPM." I'm like, "It'll change your life." Yes. And the message you heard the message, but it didn't really sink in until the last couple of years. In the last couple of years, though, everything's taken off. You've changed. And and one of the things about that is that I agreed with the message when I first heard it, yep. but because of my background, because of coming from poverty. And uh, I grew up poor. Uh, I grew up there. I had none of my family had money. Yeah. None of our friends had money. Nobody that we knew in church had money. There was absolutely nobody. And when I'm talking about having money, like I'm talking about most of these people don't even have to this day probably $1,000 in their bank account. <laughs> straight you know, like up, Straight. No, yeah. just for real. For real. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, I include my, you met my mother a few days ago. Yeah. And she's a lovely lady, but I include her in the same Picture, I, I, I'm almost certain that to this day, my mom has less than $1,000 in her bank account. Yeah. So my parents were immigrants from uh, Guatemala. They came, I was born in a small town in Louisiana, believe it or not. Okay. Um, very small town up, up by Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, I was born up in that area. We moved to Los Angeles when I was about a year old because we had, my parents had family out there. Okay. And then I grew up in the south side of LA. So I grew up in a town called Southgate. Um, a lot of people are familiar with a town called Compton. Yeah. Because of how bad it is. Yeah. Well, Southgate was a Mexican version of Compton, and we were literally across the train tracks. I grew up when I was a little kid um, in um, Linwood, which is yes, no, right Linwood was on the other side of Southgate. Yeah, yeah. So Linwood was on the other side of the freeway from I Southgate. Born, I was born in Linwood, <laughs> and for for all those like anybody that remembers West Coast nineties uh, rap, yeah, was, was known as gangster rap. Uh, that was all true, and that was all going on in my neighborhood. I I saw kids literally get into fist fights and bloody noses and everything at the age of like, you know, 10 years old, fifth grade, wow. people like fighting over gangs and stuff. Yeah. There were kids, but we didn't yeah. know any better. So, you know, we moved out here and luckily for me, um, the change kind of helped me 
see the scenery a little yeah. bit more, but we were still poor. Yeah. So getting into real estate was just something that was completely just a dream to me yeah. at one point. Yeah, probably no support from the family because they had no idea. No, right? no, no support. No, yeah. none, none I mean, like, they're like, what are you, like, you're supposed to go to school. Yes. I remember that I got, I think I was 19 or so, and I got a job at Ross, working yeah. at Ross. I think I was making like seven fifty an hour. And my parents and my my uncles and stuff, they're like, oh, that's a good job. That's such a good job. And I'm like, no, it's not. This job sucks. Like, this fucking <laughs> blows. But in their mind, it was a good job because I wasn't out on the, I wasn't working construction. Right. Or I wasn't working in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah. So just because I got to, you know, dress you up retail. semi-nice in retail, now you're like, oh, that's a good job. And and I started noticing as I progressed in my age, like, dude, this blows. This, there's got to be a lot more to it. Yeah. Um, but the crazy thing about it is that once you grow up poor, it it really programs you to stay poor, and it pro my my parents and and dude I man okay so because I grew up poor too <laughs> yeah. but I'm a country poor yeah <laughs> well and I mean poor is poor but yeah but but you're right poor is poor right and it's really funny thing but it's our thinking it's the mental poorness yeah yeah it's like we never talked about money at the table mm -hmm. no no hell no and like I, I remember going like to McDonald's and we never like. Going to McDonald's was a treat, by yeah, the way. Yeah, oh, fuck right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would be like, go sit down with your brothers and sisters, and we never got to order, mm -hmm. and we get a hamburger and split your fries, yeah. small fries. Yeah, basically. We had um, <laughs> my waters. There was my no dad had this, this joke that we're like, hey, dad, we want to go out to eat. So he would grab our plate and fucking stick it out outside of the front door and said, there you know, you're out to eat. Now go ahead and fucking <laughs> eat your food. <laughs> like, yeah, going out to eat was just something that was not even... <laughs> concept but you know to take it a step further we live you know we had running water and everything growing yeah. up uh, even though we did grow up poor it was a the u.s version of poor right, right. Uh -huh. my yeah, parents yeah. grew up poor yeah. poor which is like yeah. latin go to, american go version of poor. Go to yeah right exactly and, and and just so you know pp is filipino <laughs> i'm guatemalan Oh, not Filipino. Your wife is Filipino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the, you love the, the Filipino food. Oh, right? I love the Filipino food. And the thing is, is that Filipinos are nothing more than uh, Latin Asians, which yeah. and their their Latin their base is uh, in Spanish anyway, so yeah. we're like cousins anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but my mom used to make us take a shower with a bucket and a bowl, even though we had running water, even though we actually had a shower. She wanted us to know how it was to be poor. And, and in her mind, she thought she was doing something good. Now, as I grow up and as an older, I'm like, fuck, that really programmed me to be a poor person, to really think poverty. Right. So eventually, as you I... You got to be so appreciative of anything that's 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 not, like, yeah, standard for everybody else, right? Exactly. Like, we're supposed to be so appreciative. Oh, you know, please and thank yous, please and thank yous, which is still nice, right? Yeah. But sometimes you just got to be like, listen... I'm rolling in this thing. There's a fine balance, and, I, and I've noticed this a lot from traveling recently. There's a fine balance between being confident and being humble. Yeah. And, and a lot of times Americans come off as complete arrogant because we don't know how we, you know, we're, we're so in our little American bubble that you, you don't know how it is to be outside of the United States and how it is for other people to do it. However. How good we really are. Yeah, exactly. However, though. When you go to some of these countries and you see that these people could never think outside of the box, it's all about how hard can I work and how what can I get with the fruit of my labor. Yeah. And that's actually like it's it's ingrained to us as Hispanic, as Hispanic men. It's ingrained to us like, you know, you're proud. We're proud of our hard work. You know, look at those guys they're You know, they're always there making money without having to work. Oh, those guys, those guys are fucking idiots. Like, you know, we're, we're really, really proud of our work. So we have to really be proud of yeah. what we do. Yeah. So, I, you know, eventually I am. Um, 
I always I kept on watching the infomercials. I saw the Carlton Sheet stuff, the no money down stuff. Um, I was like, I want to get into real estate. I want to get into real estate. I want to get into real estate. I was doing sales at the time, and eventually I, I, um, I ended up at this small little lot that sold mobile homes. And it was for Bisbee Homes. I'm not even sure if that's still a company around. Right. But basically, I sat there and I waited for people to show up to the thing. And then I walked them in through these crappy little mobile home uh, models during the summer with no air conditioning, yes. trying to get them, convince them to, yes. to buy. And, and most of these people didn't even have two pennies to rub together. Right. And we're trying to get them to buy, to buy a piece of land and get this thing installed and everything else. Right. And that, was, oh, yeah. that was horrible. So I had nothing to do but to sit there. And I started going on Craigslist. And eventually I found this, this ad where this guy said, hey, I'm a real estate investor. I'm looking to do training. Now, I had come across those ads a lot. Um, there used to be a group back in the day called Nuvarish, and they used to that's the way that they were advertised. Uh -huh, yeah. And then they they sold, uh, you know, there were these gurus and they sold education and stuff like that. But this particular guy put up the ad. I said, you know what? Let me go. It's most likely going to be another Nuvarish pitch, but I got nothing to lose. Let me right. go see. So I called the guy. He's like, hey, look, man, I'm I'm a for reals guy. I'm I'm starting. And you know who this was? Um, Derek Jar. You know that name, Derek Jar. He's with Green Street Communities. Oh, yeah. 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 So he was the first guy that ever hired me to work for him. Oh, wow. Uh, this was back in the day. So he had, um, Derek Jar used to be partners with this guy named Troy Funk, and they had something called cutting deals back in the day. Yep. Derek started noticing Troy was about to self-sabotage, so he's like, I need to get the hell out of here and just kind of separate. Right. So at that point, he's like, I'm going to start from nothing. I got this little crappy office in Old Town Scottsdale. I'm not going to pay you guys anything. It's just strictly door knocking. I'm going right. to give you door knocking opportunities. And the first person that ever took me door knocking was a guy named Brian North, who now owns North & Co., one of the most prestigious, biggest freaking um, brokerages here in town. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's huh? funny, right? <laughs> crazy. All hustling. All hustling. All hustling. So he, they took me door knocking. And uh, for you guys who don't know what door knocking is, it's exactly what it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> they give you a list. Look, so this here's what it was. This was 2007. He, everybody's riding high on the horse. Everybody's like, yeah, we're, real estate's oh, going to continue great. going up. This is yes. awesome. And then you had a list of people that were going to go through foreclosures. And I literally would go knock on their door, doom, 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 doom. Hey, uh, your house is about to be foreclosed on. You've been, you've missed the last six months of payments. Yeah. And you would get a lot of go F yeah, yourselves, yeah, yeah. shut what the, the doors. Yeah, you don't know me. You, you don't should, know. Yeah. yeah. Um, you would get a lot of denial. You don't know what you're talking about. I already took care of that. That's a mistake. Uh, and, you know, and a lot of times you knew that that was crap. You knew that that was They're a lot of crap. They're just trying to get you out the door. Exactly. But it, it, it grew the metaphorical hair on your peaches. But <laughs> It did. It, it, you, you call it cutting teeth. You call it whatever you want to call it, but it it made your skin thicker. Yes. So, I mean, back when I opened up Ever Jones' office, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the, I call it the gauntlet, right? Because it will separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. And you have to go in a suit and tie, door knocking, mm -hmm. almost every day for like the first year of your business, yeah. right? That's how you get clients. Mm -hmm. And so... A quality contact was a name, an address, and a phone number. So you're already at the address. So yeah. that's not hard to figure out, right? <laughs> but, dude, the swamp ass that you would get, dude. Man. I mean, Goldbond was my friend. And I, and I, and I, had, a, you know, I had mentioned to you this before, but before I even got into real estate, I used to do business-to-business -business sales. So it was yeah. the same thing. I used to come suit, tie, and we used to sell crap. I mean, it was literally attache bags, uh, lighters, coloring books. Right. Water guns, you know, right. whatever crap that yeah. we could put in there. So then, so you got, so you got some education, and then that led you to bandit signs. 
well, what ended up happening was I ended up making money uh, on the market when it went up. Okay. And then 2008, I lost my right. butt. Right. The and I went crashed. back to I went back yeah. to corporate America. I had a good job. I was making benefits and 401ks, and I'm looking at yeah, everybody. That good job is. Oh right. my god. And I'm looking at everybody, man, and they're miserable. Yeah. And the guy who used to be my manager, his name was Jim Wooten or something like that. And he was amazing. He was a badass. Dude, they would literally send him from crappy store to crappy store to fix it. But he was never going to be more than a manager because he rode a Harley. He had a goatee and he fucked, he, he liked chewing tobacco. You know, he was just one of those type of guys. But he was amazing. And his boss was a complete freaking idiot, but he was a kiss ass. He was the biggest brown nosing kiss ass that I've ever seen in my life. And, and I'm looking at here and I'm looking at the situation. And Jim has been working for this company for 10 years with no future to see him go past a manager. And I said, I'm not going to be in a company for 10 yeah. years All to be a manager. All of a sudden you looked up and you're like, is that, what the, is that the model? Is that what it looks yeah. like? You're like, oh, hell no. No, hell no. And and what happened was at that point, I said, you know what? I'm going to go back into real estate. Like, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I didn't even know. So I had, my mom used to clean houses for this guy who was a real estate broker. Um, she had told him about me. He wanted to have a meeting. So I had to sit down. I had a meeting with him at his office. He's like, you're amazing. You're going to make a whole lot of money. Right. So I actually, I went to go get my license. And and as soon as I got my license, I called this guy's number. This number has been disconnected. <laughs> so I had already quit my job at that point. I had already said, you know what? I'm going to go back into real estate. So from my previous experience of working with this guy, Derek, the people that I worked with, I realized that a lot of them use bandit signs, but none of them wanted to place their own bandit signs. Right, because it's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt. Everybody thinks of it, oh, it's just really simple. You just stick them on the ground. No, it doesn't work that way, especially here in Arizona. No. No. So my, I, my first my first experience with bandit signs, and this is why I ended up calling you, <laughs> I went to an education thing, yeah. and they said, put up bandit signs. So I go get some wooden stakes. <laughs> I get some cardboard, some just loose cardboard, like the heaviest gauge yes. I could find, but it was flapping in the wind. Yep. And I would sit there and, and staple them in with mm -hmm. a, like those yeah. little hand staplers. And I did that first, and then I thought, oh, I was going to drive them into the ground. <laughs> you would split the, the stakes. And... Split the stakes. I would hit it so hard that the, the cardboard would just rip <laughs> yep. off the staples. And uh, and then it didn't even go on the ground because in Arizona, like, you got to have a drill, yeah. dude. You drill a hole. Yeah, and, it, it depends yeah. on where you're at. And, and there's a technique to oh, it. Oh, God. But, you know, when I remember when I quit my job and I had I had made such a big statement. And there, there's, a, there, there's a story about Cortez when he came to the Americas. He was conquering Mexico. He burned the boat. Yes. He literally burned the boat. And he told his guys, look, we're either going to conquer it or we're going to die, but we're not going to go back. And the reason why he burned the boat was he wanted to make sure that these people knew that he couldn't go, they couldn't go back. Yeah. There so is I, going back. I I metaphorically burned the boat. I was yeah. like, if you, if you, I'm never going to come back. Yeah. You know, I'm telling everybody, dude, F corporate America, I'm never going to come back. I made sure that I burned that bridge real good. Burn, burn <laughs> so, everything. So there was no absolutely way right. to go back. So I, the guy I went to go meet, he's not he's not working out anymore. I hooked up with this other guy who was doing like loan mods for a while, but that turned out to be just a big complete waste of time and fraud. And the loan mod processing companies were just not doing it. So I needed to make money. I needed to feed myself. And I, I this is for real, man. I wrote a list and I wrote every single thing that I could think of making money. And I split it into two, legally and illegally. I swear to freaking God. <laughs> I split it into what can I do? Now, every single one of these things... I wrote out what the benefit it was and what the consequence was. <laughs> I swear. I swear to God. I, did, I was like, I'm not going to go back to work. Through right. through that process of uh, the elimination, I was like, you know what? Bandit signs are here. 
And, uh, you know, I can place them out there for people. I know that there's people that want it. But the reason why I want to do that is I want to get back into real estate investing. Right. So, and that's basically, that, that was, was the way plan. to get your foot in the game. Exactly. Because I was like, how do I get back into the game? Well, I just need to start being around more investors. How do I get more around more investors? Let me find out something that they need. Mm-hmm. So I ended up creating this bandit sign company with the specific intention to make me money and put me in front of more real estate investors. Yeah. And it and it did just that. Yeah, it, it, it continued, you know, it started taking off. Eventually, I met people like Corey. He had contacted me most likely from one of my Craigslist ads. Met other investors, yeah. met other people. Yeah, I remember, I think, I, actually, that's exactly it. Yeah. You did Craigslist ads, or I remember watching <laughs> you like, hey, <laughs> I'm VP. I'm over here in the corner. I got my drill. Let me show you how we do it. <laughs> yeah, I ended up making it's some. Night, it's, uh, it's a little bit later at night. <laughs> the sign police ain't out. Yes. And, uh, watch this. <laughs> we, we used to we used to make uh, so I used to make videos and actually they're probably still on YouTube yeah. under Bandit Signs One Hundred One. If you guys Bandit want to, Signs yeah, get, go get yourself a kick as to what it started. And you could see from the videos that I was hungry. You could yeah. see from the videos that I was a hustler. You could see from the videos that I was willing to do anything. Dude, I got anything. that impression from the very first time I met you. Right, mm-hmm. I met I like when you came to my house. I knew like the band. I realized that that this wasn't a business. This was a business. Well, it was a business. But it was a way for you to get in the door to, for more. Yes. And to feed your mind and to like, how do I figure some things out, mm-hmm. right? And that is the story of success for most successful entrepreneurs yes. in real estate. And you have to, you know, I tell this all the time when people contact me and they, they want me to mentor them about becoming investors. The first thing that I tell them is that you got to get your ego out the way because there's going to come a time and I promise you there's going to come a time where things are going to work out and you're going to have to take a step back which means you might have to go back to corporate America for a few months. You may have to take on a crappy little side job. You may have to do this and that on the side to yeah. make enough money. And just I moved out of this house, dude. Yeah, you said that. You moved out for yeah. almost a we year. We moved out of this house, right? We, we did were on your little yeah. deal the other day, and I was like, man, this is a 4,000-square-foot house, big house. We moved out for mm-hmm. like nine months. Yeah. We were just starting you, to make money. And you have to do. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes and a yes. lot of times people are not. That's why people, they 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 level off in success yes. because they're not willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes that's legal and ethical. That's legal and ethical. And that's that's a, that's a big plus. And that was one of the things when I started weighing out my options between my illegal and illegal activities, right? I was like, okay, there's benefits here, but there's a lot of bad stuff that come with it. Yeah, yeah. There's benefits here, and it's going to take a lot more work. But once I figure this out, the, the outcome is going to be so much more bigger. Yeah. And the and, and once I realized that the amount of money you can make legally is faster, bigger, and, and you don't have to worry about somebody trying to rob you yeah, or, know, or right? steal from you Take or shoot you or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, and I said, no, 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 I'm going to go through this side. I mean, they're getting ready to legalize marijuana here in Arizona. Yes. <laughs> but the, the great thing about this, guys, is that I realized. Too. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. The green rush, the green rush. And you always have to be looking at opportunity. But I realized that this was a means to a way. Right. I said, how can I how can I get in front of other investors? Well, I have to provide some type of some type of benefit, right? Some type of that value. Is so true. And then from there, okay, well, but but guys, here's the thing is that I don't like placing bandit signs. I never liked placing bandit signs. It I wasn't like it wasn't like I got up and said, you know what, it's I want to be the work, bandit bro. sign guy. No, yeah, it is. And even so initially when we placed bandit signs, the very first time that I placed bandit signs for somebody else. It took me six hours, five to six hours to place out 100 signs. As I progressed and as I learned it and we created a system, and now we can take out uh, 100 signs takes about an hour and a half to place. 
because of our system. Right. Even then, it's still hard. Even yeah. then, it's still pain. Yeah. So I never, it wasn't like, oh, man, I want to be the most bandit signed guy. No, I want to get to where I want to get, which but is to eventually own That is own so key to how to, like, get involved with a bunch of other investors that you're going to look up to you and mentor you that you don't even have to pay because now you're just friends. Yes. Right? And, and that was the great thing about it. People don't understand the power of working for free. That people are so helping on this old nine-to-five mentality, pay me for my time. Yeah. Where I, I was willing to sacrifice my time with the end game in mind. Yeah. So a lot of times, like, I refer to this all the time, man. I play chess. We play chess. Yeah. Everybody else plays checkers, which means <laughs> your move goes to here. Move goes to there. Sometimes in playing chess, you got to sacrifice a piece to take on another piece. You got to sacrifice a, a, a section of your board to further on their other section of their board because it's going to get you further to their end piece. It doesn't really matter how yeah. it goes. And that was one of the and things. And normally that, you're thinking three or four moves ahead, too. You have right? to, yeah. yeah. And I was. When I started the Bandit Sign Company, I was thinking three or four moves ahead. I wanted a way to create income. I wanted a way to to um, to do what I wanted to do. I wanted a way to not have to work that much. Yeah. And then more importantly, I wanted a way to get in back into the real estate investing. Okay, so let's transition now. So Bandit Signs, chapter of your life. Mm -hmm. Still have the company. I think your brother my, runs Yeah, it. yeah. So I ended up giving it to my brother. Okay. My, my brother was my first uh, manager. And then eventually I said, hey, man, you know, um, I'm going to give you the company. I'm going to take a percentage. And then about a year or two after taking a percentage, I said, the company's all yours. All right. Do on, what you man. want with it. And yeah, he's been running it for the last few years. I'll rock and roll. <laughs> okay. So from there, now you start doing real estate, right? Yes. Um, Fixing and flipping. But let's... Well, actually, before that, I got into wholesaling. Wholesaling. Right. Okay. Yes. yes. And so a lot of times people like when you're first starting and you don't have lots of money or you yeah. don't have OPM. Yes. There's like a couple options. Really, there's like one option. There's only one option. There's <laughs> really only wholesaling. One option. Yes. And and this is the thing, guys, is we I knew that I didn't have any money. I knew that nobody around me had any money. You took stock of what you had and exactly. what you're talking, right? You're like, that's where I gotta start. Exactly. Which was out of nowhere, and which was where wholesaling came in. Right. And that's the one thing about it is that the great thing about wholesaling is that you are able to learn from other investors. Yeah. So I, you know, with wholesaling, and honestly, wholesaling, you're working for free until you're able to add value to somebody else. Yes. So you can do all the marketing you want. You can you can lock up all the deals you want, but if yep. they're not good deals, if you're not bringing value to somebody else, you're going to be working it for free. It also teaches you how to find a damn good oh, deal. Oh, God, yes. Right? Because had I you had money. You have to be money, a deal finder. Yes. Scavenger. And had I had money, I would have lost my ass pretty much. Ten times over, yeah. Because I would have bought every single crappy deal that, that came you my way. Was, and said, yeah, oh, that's a deal. Awesome. And then all of a sudden, awesome. you're like, "What do you mean it's not a deal?" Mm -hmm. Like, there's sometimes where I was wholesaling, you're like, "What do you mean, dude? This is a deal?" They're like, "No, dude, it's not a deal." Yeah, it's not a deal. Hey, how many other people calling you? Right? <laughs> no, because <laughs> you know when you got a deal, dude, because it goes off oh, like goes, in two minutes. Man, it goes crazy. <laughs> and the thing about it was that eventually, I said, "You know what? I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move into wholesaling." Um, I met this. I met this other investor, and we started wholesaling together. We were creating this company. And eventually it didn't work out. And I said, you know, I just need to do this by myself. Um, it's just better for me, my type of personality. Yeah. And a lot of times, uh, you know, guys, and I do want to put this out there for you, find out who you are. Um, that's a big, big part of success. Wow. And and when Save I was, yeah, it is. Because when I when I was working with this other investor after my, my band design company, he wanted to keep a professional appearance. And I obviously am not that professional appearance. So we clashed a lot of times. And, and then eventually I ended up toning back my personality to kind of match his personality. Right. And, and uh, inside. You were being I, true to yourself, no, were you? I felt my soul dying. Yeah. I, I literally felt my soul dying. 
So when I when I separated from him and I started my own thing, I said, I'm just going to do me. It doesn't really matter. I'm not trying to inspire anybody. I'm not trying to get anybody to like me. It's just going to be. Yeah, I'm not doing it for the fame. I'm just going to be me. And that's and the right people attract me. And, and if you don't, I don't really care. Exactly. And and what I ended up doing there is I ended up finding three or four investors that I had that knew me from the bandit sign business. Right. So these were people that were that were hiring me to do bandit signs. That's how I knew them. I contacted them and said, hey, man, I'm going to start wholesaling myself. Can I wholesale you some properties? I don't have access to the MLS. I don't have any money. I don't have anything. So if I find a deal, can I bring it to you? And would you be able to analyze it and tell me if it's good? Yeah. And, and in return, I promise not to send it to anybody else. You right. just tell me whether you want it or not. And if you don't, then I'll send it to somebody else. Right. And I and I and I created this relationship with these investors that now I was able to bring benefit to them. And a lot of times I knew for a fact that if I would just stick this crap on Craigslist, I would probably make five, ten grand more. But it didn't matter to me because I was building the relationship with these people that have given me a chance yeah. initially. All right. So wholesaling start, right? Yes. Now, tell me about the time you first got your first piece of OPM. Yes. So or partnership or how, like, what, how did that look like? So I was wholesaling for many years. And then eventually I went to, um, I went to a seminar. And actually, I'll just, I'll answer your question. But a friend of mine, Chris Ontiveros, you met him. He's a part yep. of the AZ Flip guys. I, I knew of him, but we weren't really friends. He right. put a post on Craig's on Facebook and said, "Hey, I got a se- I got a ticket to a seminar about fixing and flipping. I bought it for my wife. She can't make it. Anybody willing to go? Up, uh, it's free. You just got to pay for your own airline and hotel stay." And I was the only one that raised my hand and said, "I'll go." I remember I had less than three thousand dollars in that bank, and it cost me about a thousand to get to the to the to the right. event, right, and everything. Right. And that completely changed my life. And I was like, okay. All I need to do is find properties, which I already know how to find properties. And all I need to do now is just find somebody with money. So I put it out to the universe. And eventually one of my investors, uh, somebody who had been, I've been wholesaling to for a while, she was like, hey, BP, um, I just got, I'm just pregnant. And I'm like, oh, that's freaking awesome, dude. That's freaking great. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm like 30 something. I've never had a kid. This is going to be my first one. I don't feel like working for a while. Um, My parents have a lot of money sitting in some account that they normally lend me to flip. Would you like to borrow it? And I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and the thing is, I didn't I didn't even know that this was a possibility. Okay, so I wanna I wanna touch on something because this is that's a monumental moment in your life. Yes. Pivot. Complete pivot. Right. Because yeah. up until then you're wholesaling and, and you're making a piece of the profit, mm-hmm. but the investors are making most of it. Yes. Right? You go find a piece of OPM. Yes. And dude, all of a sudden and what did that do for your confidence and your belief in yourself? Because up until then, because I know how you were raised, and it's the same way I was raised. Mm-hmm. Poor people, we would never think people would ever give us a dollar. No, not at all. And for us to go work it, mm-hmm. that's like an insane, and I'm telling you, I know you guys are listening to this podcast right now, watching the video with all the smoke coming through. I don't even care. <laughs> there, there. I'm moving so it. There, there's not smoking no more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're telling yourself right now, I I don't think I can do it. And I'm going to tell you, it's it's just a stupid belief pattern. Yes. And we've got to break it. You've got to break it. And you know what? I Because growing up poor, because growing up minority, I had an assumption that, A, all, all rich people were white. Or I, actually, let me rephrase that. All white people were rich. I had that assumption. Then I was like, okay, well, not every white person, but I think most white people are. Yeah, yeah. And then as I progressed, I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe not all of them, but some of them. And you know what? You know what? They they they're not all of them. They some of them work hard, but they're never gonna they're never gonna let me. Like I'm not them. I don't have anything like right. them. 
So it really kind of separated, and it was this mental aspect of it. Yeah. Because I had, you know, I had probably a year before I started flipping, I had talked with you. Yeah. And um, I had came over here, and we, we talked specifically about other people's money. And I remember listening to the concept. I remember saying, yeah, I like it. That's cool. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, but who's ever going to lend me money? Like, I don't have shit. You know, I don't have anything. But when I came to your house, I was living in my brother's apartment. I was sleeping in his futon. He didn't even have a fucking, he didn't even have a couch. He had a futon. He had a freaking futon, bro. That's like sleeping on a grill. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, uh, I don't even think I was driving my own car at that time. I'm almost certain that when I came here, I was driving his truck. And I and I, and I I would uh, I would bribe him by paying for that. gas money and, uh, and for uh, insurance. So, <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, why would people ever lend me money? Yeah, look like, at me. I'm over here. There's no way, right? Yes. And then and then when Robin came out and she brought it up herself, she said, "You know what, BP? I trust you. You've been you've been really awesome. You know, you've made me some money, but more than anything, I know that you're not going to mess up this opportunity. So, I'm wanna, I want to if you need money, let me know and I'll lend you money for a deal." Yeah. And it 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 the what that did for my confidence level was it shot up. Because a lot of times we are our own worst critic. Yeah. And and we may be doing a lot of good things, but in our eyes, we're like, oh, it's not it's good not enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. But people looking outside say, man, BP's intelligent, mm -hmm. right? He knows how to do things that I don't even know how to do. Yeah. And so so the, here, there's a formula for this, okay? And and I feel bad because I didn't really just think, like tell you, like, here's the exact formula. And maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but... <laughs> But the receiving mode wasn't ready, mm -hmm. right? No, it wasn't but ready. But like, because it takes a like you were already wholesaling. Yes. You knew how to identify deals. Yes. Right. Now we're going to transition to the multifamily part of this, right? Because this is going to be the cool transformation that yes. we're going to talk about. But in the beginning, sometimes a lot of you guys are fixing, and flipping, and wholesaling now, and it's important to like the things that I teach on raising private money transitions to that business. Yes. And then you will work to transition them into the multi-site, yes. right? But you got to have a credibility kit. What is a credibility kit? A credibility kit is just something that shows your that you've bought and sold, mm -hmm. right? So if you're a wholesaler, that's it's before pictures because you're there when you first yes. buy it, and then you sell it to your investor, get on the MLS and mm -hmm. rip those damn pretty pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, and the sales price. Yes, and the sales right? price. And put that as your before and after mm -hmm. in your piece. Just because you didn't have the money to do the deal doesn't matter because it was your deal. You knew and, it was a deal. And, you know, he's, he makes a really good point because a lot of times, um, how do I, perception is reality. Yes. And and if you see somebody with a credibility kit, you automatically presume that they know what they're talking about. You know, I, I've, I've been to, I, I've been really slowly kind of coming out of my shell into more transitioning more into a public persona. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I'm, I'm kind of reserved for the most part. And I remember I saw this guy and he's, he has videos and he had a book and he was, you know, he's doing all this stuff here. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, this guy's fucking awesome. I'm like, man, this guy's really he's really making it happen. Well, yeah. I ran into him at a seminar about two years ago and he was like, oh, dude, like, man, I wish I was like you, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm not even doing as many deals as you are, you know, but because he had the YouTube videos, because he had the, the little credibility package, because he had the little book, the little crappy book that he wrote, you know. People perceived him to yeah. be that that way. Yeah. And, and and sometimes it's your job. You have to be your biggest cheerleader at, at that sense. You have to man up, put on your suit of confidence. Yes. Right? 
Yes. And say, I am. I am worthy. Mm-hmm. I'm worthy to receive this money. I'm, I know that I can take this money and do real good with it. And, and this is not something that you tell your investors. This is something that you tell yourself. Yes. This is something that you this lock yourself in. Exactly. You lock yourself in the mirror. I mean, in a bathroom. You look yourself right in the eye, right in the mirror, and you tell yourself this was going to happen. Because, yes. guys, here's, here's the point that we talked about initially. The mindset. There was nothing different between me now and then other than my mindset and the confidence that came yes. with my mindset. Yes. So when I met with Corey initially, he's telling me OPM, other people's money. I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, but you can't do it. Yeah, but you're not that type of person. But what are you going to do? I mean, you're driving. You don't even have your own car. Right. You know, you're, you're barely making, scratching money here, making wholesale. Like, this is all a bunch of crap. You're never going to do anything. And it's that little ego voice that's inside back of everybody's mind Yeah. that's there. But it's the mindset, guys. You really have to create it. And if you are into personal development by any means whatsoever, think and grow rich, the cornerstone of every personal development, every personal development book written after Think and Grow Rich is basically a, 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 a kind of a, a variation of that. However, in Think and Grow Rich, step number two, he talks about creating what's known as your self-confidence formula. And it's something that you do, that you say to yourself, that you repeat every single day for a certain amount of time, and it's to build up your self-confidence because Napoleon Hill knew that if you're not confident in yourself, you can't get anything. Corey could literally give you his credibility package, which he did to me. Corey could literally write down step-by-step, here's how it's done, here's how it works, here's how I was able to do it, which he did for me. And it still took me years to get around to it because of my mind. But that's sometimes just the season. Like, I believe we go through seasons in life, and it's until you decide, right? When Mm -hmm. you decide that I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Yes. And then, like, it's a switch. And that, that's exactly what it was because right? once that I went to— That girl just gave you enough, a little snippet, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like, whoa. I'm ready. Yeah. The, the, the lady at the seminar, Robin Thompson, over in, um, in Florida— she she's the one that said you do this. this, it, was this, this it was Robin Thompson. It was Robin Thompson. Robin Thompson's a badass. Yeah, she's a badass man. If yeah. you guys if you guys are in Florida, Ocala, Florida specifically, because she's such a badass that she doesn't even need to leave her hometown anymore. Yeah. she's like I'm throwing seminars two three times a year and they're gonna be right in my backyard. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. And if you guys don't come, then whatever. <laughs> but anyway, care. I loved her. She set off something in me mentally. This once I heard her talk. When she said it takes this, this, and this to flip, I'm like, okay, I have this, this, I just need this. Okay, I think I think I can make it happen. And then once my investor said, you know what, I have this money, let's make it happen, boom, it was on. Right. It was on. I, I literally found the deal within a week. Yep. Like, exactly. Once said, you know you got boom. money, like you already know how to you already know mm-hmm. the process. And I knew the process. Yeah. And you and so you just went to work and found what you needed to find. Yes. Right? And and here's the thing, guys, is that not only did I find what I needed to find, I went balls to the wall completely, and I don't suggest that you do this, by the way. It, it's a good and bad thing, but I don't suggest you do this on your first deal. I literally bought a crappy 2-1 that was fire damage, and I turned it into a 3-2. Oh, gosh. Uh, so we did we did expansions. We switched out floor plans. Uh, <laughs> you went, you went full we went Monty full, on it. Yeah, full Monty on the stuff, which I do not suggest you guys do for your first deal. <laughs> did you make any money? Uh, barely. Barely. <laughs> and And... And a lot of that came from me wanting to be part of the deal. Right. So, you know, we talk about OPM using other people's money. And OPM is just a it's just a variation of a word called leverage, meaning you got to leverage what other people have that you don't have. Yeah. Eventually, though, I learned that I need to leverage contractors yeah. and not do the DIY stuff that you see on TV, all that fix and flip yourself crap on this. No, stuff. no, no. 
And and unfortunately, especially when you have money, because see, like that, the problem with that mentality is you are only limited on the one job that you're on. Yes, you couldn't even do multiple projects. No, not at all. And so when you have bunches of OPM, yes, it opens up multiple projects, and and that leads to now that's a whole another quagmire. Yes, but you got to have now you have subs. You're like, okay, I got you know you have now you start developing a process. Yes, right. And so once these Subs here are done with the, you know, uh, trash out and uh, and drywall and stucco repair, all that stuff. I mean, and I right? took I they took it a step forward. Show. I ended up hiring a GC. Yeah. Oh. Because I, I yeah. He wants to try to do that, right? No, 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 not at all. So I, I ended up that. I ended up spending the majority of my time at Home Depot for that first deal. Then I was trying to save money, which at the end of the day ended up costing me money. I ended up going over you keep budget. Talking. I'm gonna get another log. No, go ahead. I, I ended up going over budget for about ten, like ten grand. And then I ended up spending more time than I should. So by the time it finally got on the market, we ended up hitting the slow period, which is normally Thanksgiving to about end of January. We ended up hitting that slow period. And by the time holding costs, closing costs, and everything came, I only made a few grand. I mean, it was it was very minimal. Plus, I wanted to make sure that because of OPM, that my investor was taken care of. Right. I made sure that she got a return, even though I was going to get a very minimal return. Right. So because that's when you're dealing with other people's money, goal number one is to make sure that they don't lose money. Goal number two is to make sure that you make them money. Okay, so you just like stepped on my tripwires. Yes. Right? <laughs> Which is the reason why most people start going into multifamilies. Yes. Is because of your professional Lowe's runner. Yes. Which a lot of people are out there that are doing fix and flips. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. They don't want to admit it. Yeah. But like, and, and and they manage people. They're always in there going, "Gosh, subcontractor, why can't yep. you do this? Why, man? I why why didn't you get this wax ring? Yes. Now we got to go run back to Lowe's to get a, a two dollar wax ring for the toilet. Yes. And what, the is, guy. and what does that take? So you as the as the investor, right? How much time does that take? That takes about an hour out of your time to go get a little crappy Times ring. three or four like, projects. Yeah. Now it's your whole day's busted. Exactly. Right? So I I remember that. My project grand lawn. I remember that I was sitting there waiting for this thing to, to sell. I need I ran out of money. I needed a wholesale property just to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I ended up finding a deal and I ended up wholesaling it to my friend. And I went to I went to meet with him at the property. He said, Oh man, this is cool, bro. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and lock it up and this is gonna be my 15th house. And I'm like, 15th flip? Oh, that's freaking awesome. He's like, Yeah, 15th flip going on at what time? One time. And I'm like, 15th flip going on at what? He's like, yeah, bro. And I'm like, how do you do that? He's like, um, you get the hell away from the house. Yeah. You're not a contractor. You're not a painter. You're not a laborer. You got two jobs. You got two skill sets. You know how to line up money and you know how to line up a deal. Yep. So between your conversation that I had with you about learning the, the, the power of lining up money and then this guy telling me, look, man, you get the hell don't, out of the house. Do the work. Yeah. Right. It it completely blew my mind. Yeah, and I literally went from doing one house at a time to two, four, six, eight. I ended up to write about fifteen at a time. Yeah, um, and it was just constantly this machine kind of going. And that's still not bad. So you can make a good living do that. Okay. Yes. Now, but it's still a job. It's still a job, and, and it still requires lots of paying attention. Yes, and right? and but the great thing about that though is the reason why I was able to eventually leverage out that way was I learned that, hey, I could do this also with money. So I don't need to go and do all these little things with money. I just need to learn how to leverage and find other people with money. Mm -hmm. So in order for me to get 15 flips going out of time, that means that I had to find OPM. And that was amazing. 
And and honestly, that's actually what ended up kind of leading me into the multifamily is learning that I yes. can then create this traction. So I went from one single investor <clears throat> to I, I went to this other seminar that talked about raising private money. Right. And literally within two weeks. You didn't come to me again. No. <laughs> literally within a week or so. For free and I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't charge anything. <laughs> it, it, you know what? I, end, I needed to go to this thing. I needed yeah, to I see. Because, and here's the reason why. When I look at somebody like Corey, I'm like, oh, man, this guy, this guy, he's smart. He's freaking, he knows what he's doing. And he's got an apartment complex under his belt. I don't know if I could do that. Uh, maybe, maybe I can't. I went to the seminar, and there was people raising literally hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they were dumbasses. They were dumbasses. They were the most incompetent, like, incompetent mother effers that I've ever met, and they were just dumbass. And I'm like, okay. Wait, okay. Doing it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. If these guys can do it, I know for a fact I can do it. Hey, remind me if we ever do this again that we never have a damn fire going. <laughs> It's okay. I thought it was a great idea, but this thing is blowing smoke everywhere, dude. Well, was what it is is you got those other wet pieces of wood there. Uh, yeah, well, because it rained and once so, they yeah, once I'm they catch, it's just smoky. So yeah, it is geez. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but learning the power of OPM, learning the power of leverage, and and the great thing about OPM is that it's other people's money. Now that's a good and a bad thing, but it's a great thing because. Now you're able to not have to come out of your money, but you're able to add value to them. Right. And to me, that is a much more valuable part. And you learn. So this is what I believe is that you, when you when you really get good at raising money, the truth is, is you're not you're never selling. No. Right. You never sell a deal like, oh, man, like, oh, I need your money. I need your, like, listen, I offer opportunities. Mm -hmm. Right. The opportunities you have now. And I want to get let's let's because we were getting close on. I don't know how we're sure. at in this time frame, but I want to. Transition and how you started, how you're starting to transition to multifamilies. Yes. Because, and I think that's exactly how it worked for me. I started off wholesaling, then I got to fix and flip. Mm -hmm. I started raising money for private fix and flips. Mm -hmm. Very easy to do once I understood the process. Yes. Credibility kit and a private money program. So maybe I'll send a link to my private money program. Okay. Right. That'd be smart. Um, just for all the single family guys, I'm going to give you some love. And uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to get my private money program. And I'll include my stupid credibility kit, right, <laughs> for single-family homes. Yep. Right? And that's, like, it's basic. It's way generic. Yeah. It's not like what I do in multis, <laughs> but it's but it works. Yes. And the thing about it is that you learn as you grow. You have to, guys, I'm, I would highly suggest that you guys go through the process. And it is a process. You know, you start wholesaling first because you don't know what a deal is. You think you know what a deal is until you actually meet other investors that are putting up their money or their yep. investors' money. Yep. And let's talk. So, and this is this is how like I'm going to show you a little technique that I used when I was in single family, mm -hmm. how to transition to multifamily. So, when you're sitting there talking to the investor, you're like, "Hey, listen, you know." And I always lead. I would lead with multi. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, "Listen, where the real where the real money's at, and where I think the consistent money that you're looking for is truly in multifamily." Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I want to talk a little bit about that, but I really don't want to talk too much because I just want to put it out here and let you know that it's that that's where you should be mm -hmm. because it provides you know consistent cash flow and long term growth, right? But I don't know you and you don't know me, and that's like a five year commitment, and I'm not even sure if we want to like commit for five years, mm -hmm. right? Like I just want to date a little bit, <laughs> want to date, right? I'm not ready to get married yet, yeah. right? <laughs> and so then I say, so here's what I think we should do. I also do, you know, these fix and flip deals. And these mm -hmm. are about, um, you know, between four to 
um, four months to you know three months to, to six months long mm -hmm. yeah. projects, right? Not years. And so I think it's a good way for us to start and again kind of start our relationship. Mm -hmm. And you know, basically, you give me some of your dough, give me some of your money. Um, I do what I do, and then I, I return your money with some profit. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you're going to judge me by that. And then if you if you like that process, then really what I'll say is the next step is really to start transitioning you into the multifamily space. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because what really happens in that fix and flip process is it's a lot of work. You give me your money, I give it back to you. Give me your money, I give it back to you. It's all this crap, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, you're, you're traveling, you're busy, right? You just want, like, most most of my investors, the most of the investors that invest with me, what they really want to do is set it and forget it. Yes. Right? Yes. And that sounds kind of like you too, yes. right? That's what you want to do. Exactly. And, yeah, and then that's that's then that's the pitch. When you're dealing with investors, you have to understand that they are in it for what works for them. Yes. And and my mentor tells me all the time that we have a, an antenna sticking out of our head, and every single person in every part of the world has the same antenna tuned into the exact same radio station, <laughs> WIISM. Right? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? And that was the part that I love most about OPM, and that's actually the part that I love most about the multifamily. So with, when I was doing, uh, when I'm doing fix and flips, even right now with my current investors that I'm doing fix and flips, it all depends on the deal. Sometimes they may not get a check this month or two because we don't have a deal here. We're partnering up, whatever it is that we're doing. But at the same time, I'm able to get them a much better return than they get anywhere else. Now, as we're looking at it, I'm saying, how can I get them a more consistent return as opposed to a higher return? How can yes. I get them a more consistent return? Yes. And they're willing to take less if it's consistent because... It all pans out anyway. Yes, and and that that's that that was the point that I was that I was looking at. So I'm looking at here. Um, I've I've already mentioned that I I like to do automation. I already mentioned that I like giving back. I already mentioned that one of the big reasons why I do OPM is because I really truly enjoy making people a much better return. And I've said this before, and I'll continue saying this, and I don't care who gets mad, but I'm saving these people from their own stupidity. I'm really saving people from their own stupidity because they don't know what the hell to do with money. Yeah. Like most people have no idea what to do with money. Most people will have it sitting in a freaking money market account or a savings CD. account or a CD yeah. or some crap like that. I mean, it's horrible, horrible. So I started noticing and I was like, okay, I'm putting together all this money. I have a credibility now. I have a, a track record now. People are noticing that, hey, look, when this guy Brian says that he's going to do something, he does. Yep. This guy's been flipping. You know, he's not just flipping one house at a time. Yep. This guy never, this guy's traveling more than he's, he did more than he's at his freaking houses. Yeah. Like, he's got to know something. There's got to be right. something up with him. So I looked at, I looked at the scenario <coughs> and I actually started moving into multifamily. I, I eventually started, um, I eventually started by buying single family. Yep. So buying and holding single family. Yep. I had a few opportunities and I was actually able to buy. Two single-family properties with none of my own money. Right. The first one I did, a, a variation of was known as a subject two. Uh, basically, we, what I did was a lease, uh, lease option sandwich, yep. which a uh, sandwich lease yeah, option, sandwich right? Lease, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. No, that's What's very it? well. Uh, very anyway, I, I put a property under under contract, 10-year lease option for the price that the lady were, the lady uh, owed. Then I turned around and rented it to somebody else, and I'm cash flowing like 300 bucks a month on that yeah. one. Then I bought this other property, and I ended up fixing it, and I, told, I called one of my friends. He's like, I got good credit. I got some money sitting around. I'm like, how would you like to partner up on a deal? Yeah. You refinance me out of this house. You get yourself a traditional loan. I'll run. I'll manage everything, and we'll split the profits. 
So I started noticing that, you know what, I like this cash flow thing. I like the fact that the money's coming in every month. I don't like doing this one at a time stuff, though. Right. Like, I got to go one door and then another door. No. Right. So eventually, the things that Corey had been talking about slowly started creeping back. And that's the great thing about it. You know, guys, you may be listening to this. This may be way over your head right now. You may not even be at the point where you're even wholesaling. And you're like, man, I don't even know if I should be listening to this. I mean, I, this is kind of like way over my head. Yeah. Stick with it because it will come. If you are true to your journey and if you're true to what you know that you want to do. When I met with Corey and he was telling me about his first apartment complex, I knew in the back of my mind, I knew in the bottom of my heart that that's what I wanted to do eventually. Yeah. The confidence was in there. The confidence in my ability to do this, the confidence in, in my ability to raise the, that amount of money right. was not there. But but the, the desire for it was. Yeah. So I knew that that's where I wanted to go. As I progressed... And as I, you know, kind of let everything go and, you know, I'm not going to get too esoterical with anything, but I, I'm a big believer in the universe. I'm a big believer in, in vibrations and energy and the law of attraction. And, uh, and really when I let go of my control of me wanting to control everything and I said, the universe, you're going to take control of what needs to be done. And I'm just going to follow, I'm just going to follow my feelings as to where they go. It led me into where I'm at now. So I eventually, it just started nine in the back of my head, multifamily, multifamily, multifamily. Yeah. A good friend of mine that I that I partner up with for my nonprofit stuff, he owns mobile home parks. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is another step of multifamily. And I don't yeah. even have to own the building. I just need to own the land. Yeah. So multifamily, multifamily, multifamily. Before you knew it, I watched some webinar online. And I never watch webinars online. I never watch webinars online. And some guy came up and he was talking about this. And he was like, look, I got a, I got a webinar coming, a, a seminar next week. This the webinar was pre-recorded like a month, whatever. I'm looking at the date and I'm like, crap, that's next week, man. I need to fly out to Boston. I'm gonna go. I, I swear to God, it was a uh, $2,500 deposit, right there and then, and no money back, whatever. I put my deposit. I called my assistant. I said, you find me a place. You give me an airplane ticket. I'm gonna go. I went there. I took this guy's information. Came back. Found an apartment complex. And, Who did you see? Huh? Who was uh, this guy named Marco Koslowski? Okay. He's a Canadian dude. Um, he, you, you would love him because he's literally like a he's literally like an old Eastern European version of me. Okay, right? he's just just as authentic as they come. Yeah. Whether whether he offends you or not, he doesn't care. Right. It's just what it is, and that's right. one of the things that I was more most drawn to. And guys, you know, I know that you're gonna feel the same way about this, but buy the steak, not the freaking sizzle. All these gurus here sell the sizzle. Oh, poof, 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 poof. My mentor taught me that um, complicated is entertaining. Complicated is, is, is it's appealing. People, if it's complicated, and they, oh my god, that's got to be awesome. But very simple, that's teachable, that's learnable. Amen. And what Corey teaches is simple, it's learnable. Corey's not over here. Yeah, check this out. Numbers here, boo, 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 boo. And you know, there's there's a guy that I know, and I'm not going to mention him because I, you know, he's a good guy. Yeah, but he's he's very animated and he started like recording his sales calls and now he's putting them online and stuff right there. And he's he's the sizzle guy. He's a yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, what man, boom, 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 I'm doing it. And the thing about it is that, guys, like you could follow people like that. You could take their hot new lines, their hot tips as a close a deal, but it's not going to work for you because you're not them. You don't have what they have. So even if you say verbatim what they said, it's still not going to work for you. Yeah. So you're better off finding somebody that's like, look, this is the real thing. 
I'm not going to bullshit you. Here's I'm not going really to sugarcoat you. Here's how it works. And I'm going to tell you guys what's real is boring. It's boring. Yes. It's just strictly boom, 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 and boom. You know how I learned? You know where I found my multifamily deal? I found it on Craigslist. Yeah. The guy said, here's how I find my deals. Very, very simple. Very, very boring. The guy was proud of it. He's like, look, I'm dumb. And I have no, I'm, I have no quarries about being dumb. So because I'm dumb, I had to create a very simple yes. system for me to follow because yes. I'm dumb. Yes. <laughs> so if it's complicated, it'll cut yeah, it out. <laughs> exactly. Which drew me into it because I said, oh, awesome. So he's like, yeah, look, you go through Craigslist and you do boom, 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 boom. It's going to be tedious. It's going to take a lot of time. You just set a certain amount of times yep. and you just do this. And I did. I walked through the whole process. I ended up finding somebody that needed to sell their apartment complex. I, I ended up, guys, I ended up OPM, OPM. I put no money down on this deal. The guy, the seller is going to sell or finance this deal. So that's no money out of my pocket. Then he, he required 20% down. I reached out to my good buddy, Casey, which you met over yep, at, the, yep, at the event yep, with the Christmas yep. suit. <laughs> Casey was all excited about that deal, oh, too. Man, dude. He, this guy hit the freaking jackpot. <laughs> yeah. And guys, this goes, this goes to prove my point about OPM. So I reached out to my good friend, Casey, and I said, look, man, this is my first apartment complex. Um, you know, obviously, we're, gonna, we're going through some bumps and stuff, and we're, we're going to have to learn this thing. I'm willing to give you 50% of the ownership. We're going to start an LLC, and I'm going to give you 50%. All you got to do is bring in the money. You got to be the money cost. You got to put the down payment and all the other little deposits and stuff that we need. You're going to be the money guy. After that, we're going to split everything 50-50 right down the middle. Now, when I proposed him the deal, I gave him worst case scenario. I said, look, man, if all goes well, we, we should be cash flowing right about here. You should be making right about there. As we started digging more into the numbers and the financials and everything else, we're like, man, this is way better than expected. Holy crap. This guy's got this. Oh, my God. This is got this going on. This going on. This going on. And the guy that sold us the deal, he, he had been a multifamily investor for 50 years, just kind of retiring. Yeah. He's an old school, like really tough guy, you yeah. know, and everything. So he had a system set. He, his system, his tenants are not trying to mess with him. Like, that's how it is. He, he literally makes them go to the bank and deposit their stuff. And he's got a little code that he uses so he knows which apartments paid what or whatever, right? Really like old school, uh, archaic system, but it freaking works. Right. And I stepped in. But he's in, trained everybody that way. He's trained everybody, including the property manager and all the tenants in here. So, guys, I literally walked into cash flow. I'm walking from into. Day th- from day one. From day one. $30,000 a oh. year. <laughs> $30,000 a year. That's probably what some of you guys make at the job that you hate. Driving an hour to, driving an hour back, laughing at your dumbass uh, boss's jokes, you know, like just because you have to, because you're trying not to get fired, because you found out that they were firing people left and right. Uh, $30,000 a year, guys. OPM, OPM, OPM. And here's the thing. When I bought it, I knew for a fact that I was going to be using somebody's money, somebody yeah. else's money. Yeah. Specifically was going to be using now, somebody else's I money. Wanna, I want to show you, like, so there's something key you said that I – most people will never pick up on. You gave up. Now, this is your first kind of deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Deal, right. And you gave up half. Yes. Okay. Most people are not willing. No, no. To give up half. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on Shame you. On you. Because sometimes that's what it takes when you have no track record mm-hmm. and you're trying to do something new 
Just get in the game. Yeah. If you had to give up 75%. I would do it. You'd be willing. I would do it. You'd be willing, I right? Would do it. I would be willing. Mm-hmm. I was always willing, right? Because it's that do whatever the blanket yes, takes. Exactly. Well, right? not only that, but we're playing chess, guys. I'm yes. sacrificing a pawn so I can go get that damn knight. So yeah. I can get their bishop, kill their queen, and then checkmate. <laughs> I like how it works. I just play Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I want four houses. I want to get those. I want to get a fucking red hotel. <laughs> yeah. It, it, guys, but it's it's the it's the looking down the line concept of it. And and most people, that's why most people are never going to be good at OPM because they're too focused about what can I get? How does this benefit me? And no, when you guys start moving into OPM, especially with multifamilies, yeah. it's not about you anymore. It's about the investors. It's about making sure that they feel comfortable. It's about making sure that they understand what's going on. It's about making sure that they get a return. It's about making sure that when you give them their money back, they can't wait to give it back to you. They, they, they're like, don't even give me that money. Just, just keep it. Can we just sign just something working, that says, yeah, yeah, just keep it working. Like, I don't need, and then, I, I swear to God, you have probably had people that tell you, don't give it back to me because I'm going to blow it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, am I lying? That's, yeah. that's what happens, guys. And it's about the power of OPM. But the power of OPM is learning how to leverage the, the skills that you have so you can make them money. Yeah. And th- that was the concept that I learned from my buddies that did the, um, the mobile home parks. Yeah. These guys were doing a lot of flits back in the day. They were to the point where they were they had about 50, 50 to sixty thousand dollars. I mean fifty to sixty thousand dollars a month yeah. in overhead costs. Yeah. Just between their hard money, everything else is going on. They were doing big projects and they just they were like, dude, this is horrible. Yeah. This this is torture in my mind. So they ended up shifting and they did the exact same thing. They took yeah. their investors, they said, Look, we're gonna buy mobile home parks. And what they did was they gave away the house. So we I, I had a nice chat with them and they said, Look, man, here's what we did. The first yeah. Two, three of them, we gave away the house. We gave over 50%. Let, of me, the... let me show you the way mm-hmm. and get everybody comfortable. And then you get confidence and you have a track record. Yes. And then you can dial it back, right? And then start. And, and they did. They, they eventually ended up dialing it back. They eventually ended up refinancing some of these properties, gave them their investors' money back. They, they, they took me to some of their houses. They were like, look, this one, this one, and these, these complexes, we haven't pulled any money in four yeah. years. We're just making sure our investors get paid. But we're about to refinance here at the end of the month. This one's going to bring me 30. This one's going to bring me 50. This one's going to bring me 80,000 a month. Yep. So they didn't chess, guys. They're playing chess. They didn't make a single penny for four years because they knew that they were going to make 40, 50, and 80,000 in four years a month. Yeah. Now, what they did was they ended up partnering up. They ended up refinancing. They sold one of them. They just bought their first mobile home park with leveraging another mobile home park. So they cross-collaborated. Right. They didn't, now they don't have to give any part of the pie up. Right. Because they took their asset that's already right. here and they used to cross-collateralize this new asset right. and not have to get, but they wouldn't have been able to build these few assets without giving away the yes. house initially. That's that is the story, dude. So BP, brother. <laughs> OPM, yes, right, dude. <laughs> Lots of good things. Okay. For uh if you had to give one piece of advice to all my listeners out there, um, and let's maybe do it for OPM, mm-hmm. right? What would you what would you say to them? Um, once again, guys, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? People don't give a shit about you. Sorry about that. People don't give a crap about you. People don't give a crap about where you live. People don't give a crap about what car you drive. People don't care about how much money you have in your bank account. They care about what you can do for them. And this was a big, big stepping stone in my mental thing when I moved into OPM. It's, well, how people are ever going to lend me money? 
They don't care what you have. Is what can you make me? What can you do for me? And that's the one thing, piece of advice that I would just put it in your head, guys. A, understand that even if you don't have anything, as long as you can provide something for somebody else. And, I, and I'll use a quick example here. We're both men. We, we both like women. You're married. You know, you, your woman is a very beautiful woman. That means that you had to pursue her. It's not like she came up to you and said, hey, there, big boy, you want to. No, you had to pursue her. You had to kind of. And now you had to convince her as to why it was in her best interest to be with you. Yeah. You know, you can't just be a, I was going to say a swinging. <laughs> because there's a million of those, right? <laughs> you. What is the benefit? What is the benefit of, you, of coming? Of <laughs> I know you're working on it. Yeah, I'm working on <laughs> it. I, I do pretty good when I have to. Uh, so anyway, guys, you have to understand that it's what can you add to them. And once you're able to understand that yourself personally, then understand the way how you can how you can present that to somebody else and say, look, here's the benefit of you lending me your money. And that is OPM, that is leverage, and that is your self-confidence working. Because once you, and if you don't believe that you're going to be good enough to make the money, they're not going to believe that you're good enough right. to make the money. Yep. And that would be my, my only piece of suggestion would be WIIFM, what's in it for me? Not about you, but it's all about them. Yeah. How can people get a hold of you if, they, if you want to know more about BP? And what BP is up to, where do they check you out at? Uh, well, the easiest way to get a hold of me is right through my Facebook. Uh, I will spell my name out for you because it's, it promise you the only one spelled that way. B-R-A-Y-A-N-D. I promise you, you put that on Facebook, I'll be the first one there. Just in case, I'll give you my last name, P-O-N-C-I-A-N-O. Uh, I'm a very open book about everything, so you could see everything not only about my my life but my journey, the nonprofit stuff right. that we do, the multifamily units that we're moving into. AZ and Flip guys, yeah, and then uh, that's the other thing, the AZ Flip guys. So on Facebook, same thing. Uh, look us up under AZ Flip guys. Me and my partner Chris Ontiveros, we we put a show every single Friday live where we interview quality people like Corey. Uh, actually, if you guys on there, make sure you go back and check out the video that we did with Corey. It was freaking amazing. We ended up going like 40 minutes over our time just because it was that freaking badass. But anyway, guys, we're constantly putting out tips. Literally, if you go on AZ Flip, guys, and you just go through our past videos, you can find out how to how to wholesale, how to get started, how to raise money, how to put a deal together, how to do a gap funding, how to look at apartment complexes, what to look for when you're actually at an apartment complex, uh, what to look at at a, at a deal, walk through a fire damage deal, walk through a whole thing of using a fire damage deal through fire insurance. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff in there and it's all for free. We're not pitching anything. I'm not selling anything. It's just giving back to you guys. So Rock get a hold of me personally or go through the AZ flip, guys. Rock and roll, man. Hey, love it, dude. Yes, thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate right. you for having me, guys. All right, guys. Hey. Make sure that you uh, stay tuned. And before you guys leave, two things. Make sure that you, if you've not done it, I always say this, go to the uh, kahunawealthbuilders.com and get my quick start video series, okay? That's gonna teach you how to raise private money and get you all the things you need, how to find fat deals. I've got a whole uh, line of videos that I've created for you. Um, also, go to iTunes, because I love it. I mean, I get reviews all the time. I love sharing those. Uh, I'm gonna go back when we redo post-production. I'm gonna come back and mm -hmm. uh, uh, put a couple of those up in the very front of this, uh, uh, this video that we just did. Because it really does mean a lot. And honestly, it, it helps so much in that iTunes rankings. And we really want to get this message shared with everybody. Because, I mean, it's, it's a mission. Like, listen, I'm telling you right now, if people understood the power of OPM and the power of, of cash flow. Yes. And what the cash flow life can do, it will eliminate stress. Oh, God, yes. Like, it eliminates 
the um, it's just it's what every it's what every investor strives to do, but unfortunately most of them turn on the stupid TV mm-hmm. and they think fix and flip. This whole thing of buying and selling, buying and selling, being in the highest tax bracket, mm-hmm. being a trader, yep, with a T, yeah. not a D, because <laughs> they're a trader to their craft. They wanted to be investors, but they're not. Mm-hmm. A true investor, is when you passive. start, is passive. That's what it means. And and we've said this before, but fixing and flipping at the end of the day is still just a job. It's just a job. It's it's a good job. Yeah. Better than working at a factory somewhere, yeah. but nonetheless, it's still a job. So help me share the message. Get out on iTunes, post, repost, do whatever it takes. Help me share this message because it's that important. You guys have a wonderful day. And remember, your paradise is possible. Yeah, buddy. 